Hello, gentlemen, and welcome to Gentlemen's Club Whiskey. I am your host, Mr. Mark Antimate, and in today's special episode, we're going to be paying tribute to Mr. Sir Sean Connery, who had passed literally a month ago, and I just could not find the allotted time to make this special podcast episode the way that I wanted to, but finally finding the time now. When he had passed, I had gotten the notification on my phone from the BBC just minutes right after it was announced, and uh, I was very disheartened, and I was very sad by the news, but knowing that he lived a full life until the age of 90, I was very happy to hear that uh, he's gone peacefully. And so in this episode, it's going to be all about him and the literary character James Bond and his creator, Mr. Ian Fleming, and all three of their associations with whiskey. First things first, before we get started with this episode, I have the Hakushu Single Malt Whiskey from Suntory Distillery with me. I'm going to pour... A small dram of this so that I can enjoy it throughout this episode. And on deck, I got some purified water just to help keep my my throat uh, clean and lubricated, so to speak. Because I know when I'm doing a lot of speaking engagements and I'm drinking whiskey at the same time, my throat gets very dried out start stuttering and things and got to got to keep my throat just got to keep it lubricated so to speak this one smells uh very very wooded floral like the forest let's have a quick sip of this before we get on with it And it tastes just like how it smells. All right. So I've opened up quite a few web pages on my browser here. Things that I want to touch on. Uh, the first one. Oh, how did I lose that one? Let me see if I can open this right quick. Don't want to keep you guys waiting too long. Let me just look for the one that says BBC. It's a good thing I bookmarked that. Title of this is called Sean Connery James Bond Actor Dies Age 90. This article is from October 31st, like I mentioned before. This was the BBC's first announcement just right after it happened or right after they found out rather. And it says, Sir Sean Connery has died at the age of 90, his family has said. And this is a very good article just touching on his uh, career highlights and his career and pictures and things like that. And soon after this, they, they, meaning the BBC, they did put out an obituary on Sir Sean Connery. Let me open this one up real quick and just take a quick peek at this. This one also came out on October 31st, but 
the information inside of this obituary is not too much different from the information that you would find from this initial article, again called Sean Connery, James Bond actor dies age 90. So the information between them is kind of more or less the same. Picture is a little bit different. It's worded a little bit different, but more or less, they're both good reads. And I recommend that you go and read both of them. And through the first article that I mentioned, you can access the obituary for Sir Sean Connery through that. Uh, let's see, is there anything inside of here that I want to mention? Just the seven as 007, Connery's Bond movie. So it lists all seven of his tenors playing James Bond, even including his non-Eon production of the 1983 film Never Say Never Again. And I want to talk on that movie in particular quite quickly. As I called my best friend David Gregory on the telephone as soon as I saw this because we were both lovers of James Bond and uh, we were talking about we should do something to pay tribute to the actor. And we said that because Never Say Never Again is the movie the James Bond movie and Sean Connery movie that we've seen the least amount of being that I've only seen it once within the last four or five years and he's seen it once within his lifetime, we decided on watching that one again. And we did. And we enjoyed the movie. And we agreed that Sean Connery was the glue that really held that movie together in all in all, it was an adequate movie. It was very enjoyable, mostly because of him. And I ended up looking at Thunderball, the movie that Never Say Never Again is based on the script, the screenplay of Thunderball. I ended up looking at Thunderball again just so that I could compare the two. And what I could say about these movies is that, um, yeah, Thunderball is definitely the better of the two. Just from coming from Eon Productions, the production value was like leagues beyond what was in Never Say Never Again. Uh, Bond had some good fights in Never Say Never Again. There was like a big Russian guy that he was fighting inside of the kitchen. And that fight lasted about a good five minutes. It was very entertaining. That was probably the best fight in the movie. And the ending, I'm, I'm trying to think of the villain's name of this movie. How could I just forgotten that so quickly starts with an l oh man am i gonna have to look this up real quick let me look this up real quick villain of thunderball largo that's the guy's name okay so when he was fighting largo at the end of never say never again it was just a knife fight inside of the ocean just between Bond and Largo. And it was, it was very underwhelming. I mean, if you had never seen Thunderball, maybe it might be something great. But after looking at the big underwater battle sequence between um, the CIA and James Bond and Largo and his henchmen and Thunderball, I mean, that was like a comparison between both of these movies throughout. One just had the production value just set leagues beyond the other one. But... All in all, they were both entertaining movies, but 
one was clearly better than the other one. But I enjoyed looking at James Bond, not James Bond, at, at Sean Connery wrap up his James Bond career in that final film that is non-canon with the uh, the other six films that he's played in. But going back to this BBC article before I start rambling, it just mentions that uh, he's played James Bond seven times and it lists his, dis- not his discography, his filmography for playing that character. So let me go ahead and close out these BBC articles real quick. Let's start talking about some whiskey now. First article that I want to get into, let's get into the creator first. Because he's the one that brought the character and I guess by virtue, uh, by association, Sean Connery playing the character into prominence and into uh, fame. I'm looking at this article now from uh, like an online uh, magazine called Spectator Life. And the website itself is called life.spectator.co.uk. So it's, it's definitely a British website. The title of this article is called The Greatest Whiskey Drinking Writers of All Time. And this article is from Ben McFarland and Tom Sandom. And it was released on the 18th of May, 2017. So it's about three years old. It lists many uh, literary writers inside of here. Hunter S. Thompson, but, and let's see who else. Robert Burns, Graham Greene, Haruki Murakami. Let's, let's just skip these guys because we're just supposed to be focusing on just what I said I would be. So Ian Fleming is the f- second person to be mentioned inside of this article. It says, read while drinking an old fashioned. I'm looking at a picture of Ian Fleming at his home, GoldenEye, in Jamaica. He's sitting at a typewriter, cigarette in hand, and he's looking at the camera, smiling. And what does it have to say about him? It says, Fleming enjoyed a gin, but it was advised to switch to bourbon by the doctor. And while his most enduring character, Bond, James Bond, is known for a martini, he orders more scotch and American whiskey in the books. So that's an interesting tidbit for all you James Bond fanatics out there, is that James Bond actually drinks more whiskey than martinis. And I believe the martinis was just sort of a thing that took off in the films, but in the books, it is what it is. Continuing on, it says, we'd ask James to drink Lee's, drink better, but then we'd never had to kill a man and rustle up some charm for the ladies in the same day. So who are we to judge? Added to which, he's not a real person, so we can enjoy his litany of literary liqueur indulgences. The bond of the book sipped scotches such as Haig and Haig, Black and White, and Johnny Walker, amongst others. But the Americans make more of a mark on his liver. Indeed, Jack Daniels is ordered in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, and you only live twice. Virginia Gentleman Bourbon is in The Spy Who Loved Me, Harper Bourbon in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Canadian Club in Dr. No, and Walker's Deluxe in The Man with the Golden Gun. Japanese also gets a look in. 
Suntory, the sip of choice. Jack is a familiar to drinkers as Fleming's apparently secret agents is to bad guys. But if you're committed to character, try the single bourbon. And there's a plug here for whiskey from the Whiskey Exchange for 42 pounds. Or use it in an old-fashioned. So that was a rather interesting article that I thought I would share with you guys. And uh, going off of that one, I think I had found another one. Where is that article at? I just got so many pages open right now. This is another one called James Bond's Top 3 Whiskeys. This is from Flaviar.com. There's no date on this article. I'm going to skim through this and I hope I don't get... I hope I don't lose my spot and get confused in what it is I want to say. It says, do you like your whiskey shaken or stirred, Mr. Bond? Granted, whiskey might not be the first drink that springs to mind when you think of 007. But over the years, the British spy has had his fair share of drinking moments that do not include the iconic vodka martini. If you go off the original books written by Ian Fleming, you could even go as far to say that there are very few drinks that Bond isn't willing to try. Self-made cocktails, champagne, whiskey, vodka, rum, wine, beer, you name it. The world's most famous spy probably had it twice. Therefore, giving you a full breakdown of Bond's drink choices might require us to invest in a new website server. So let's just focus in on scotch. Here are the three whiskeys you will need to get on your shelf if you want to drink scotch like James Bond. So this is just Bond and scotch with none of the bourbon, even though the previous article that I read said that he drank more bourbon than anything else. It says the first drink is a scotch and soda. Before the dawn of Hollywood movie budgets, the brand name of James Bond's whiskey rarely appeared in the 007 novels, although the books contain several references to James sipping on scotch and soda. Come on, I want some names of some of some actual brands here. Just skimming ahead. There is also one brand that appears enough times during the novels for us to assume that Bond did have a preference. Haig and Haig whiskey was an exclusive blend at the time that was enjoyed on several occasions in the books by both Bond and his CIA companion Felix Slider. Sadly, some of the original expressions from Haig are no longer available, but the resurgence of Haig Club whiskey in recent years can let us all keep Mr. Bond's drinking habits alive. Let me click on this link to Haig Club whiskey that's inside of here. I want to take a look at... The, oh! Is this... I got to type in my birth year and all this just to look at the website. Most whiskey websites are like that. I mean, you could be a kid and just <laughs> lie on your birthday. You could type any year you want inside of here and it'll let you in. I don't even know why they put these things. Let me let me see the Hike whiskeys. Hike Club, established 1627. Comes inside of a nice, refreshing-looking uh, blue bottle. Single-grain Scotch whiskey, matured in bourbon cask. It's called the High Club Clubman. 
And currently, this looks like the only drink that they have available on the market right now. I guess previous ones like uh, the James Bond character drank have become uh, defunct, so to speak. And looking at their website, now David Beckham is the <laughs> spokesperson for the website, the, uh, the ambassador, so to speak. So that's quite interesting. Let me continue on with this James Bond's top three whiskeys from Flaviar. So High Club, talking about he likes to have that inside of his uh, scotch and soda. Yeah, they have a picture up there. This drink is no longer available. Bond's Everyday Dram. Let's see. Luckily, the legacy of 007 has outlived the 50s and 60s, and in recent years, thanks to the wonders of product placement sponsorship, we have seen Bond enjoy the delights of single malt scotch whiskey. First, oh, now they're talking about the films. Firstly, Talisker appearing in The World Is Not Enough and Die Another Day. During both, bottles of Talisker make an appearance in M's office. The glass Bond drinks from during The World Is Not Enough even triggers his realization that a bomb is about to be detonated and kills Sir Robert King. Despite the brief appearance, the Bond nerds out there did their research and found that the Talisker bottles in the film used an older style of label designed for the 10-year-old malt. A whiskey not to be wasted. Let's see. McKellen 1962 whiskeys are part of a range created by the distillery using their rarest and finest cask. And when does he have this? In an infamous scene, a bottle from the range is introduced by Bond's nemesis Silva as a 50-year-old McKellen, a particular, a particular favorite of yours, I understand. Uh, so that's from Skyfall. Let's take a look here. A McKellen 1962 range. Wait, hold on. Let's see here. A 25-year-old was sold on auction for approximately $15,000 and makes sense as the bottle from the movie. All right. And one final thing. Inspector, for example, Bond can be seen sipping on McKellen 18 at his home in London. While it is not described as a particular favorite, this sherry celebration of a dram might just give your Bond Scotch collection the final McKellen hit that it desperately needs. Let's close out this article. Let's see what else I have available. Let's get on to Sir Sean Connery, because this is supposed to be about him. I'm just talking about Bond, more or less. Let's talk about Sir Sean Connery. So it took him a long time to promote uh, whiskey, especially Scotch whiskey. He promoted whiskey from other countries first and foremost before he did his own country. And the first time that he engaged in uh, product placement was for Jim Beam in 1966 and 1967. 
I'm looking at a website now called clickamericana.com called Sean Connery for Beam. And this article showcases a few movie posters, movie style posters of Sean Connery sitting down at a desk holding a um a tumbler glass with ice inside of it and having and having like a highball with Jim Beam. And I think this movie's from 1967. I could be wrong about that. Could be from 66, but I believe it's 67. At the same time, while promoting uh, You Only Live Twice, he was promoting James Beam. So there is a quote that goes across all of these posters and it says this the taste is distinctive the man is sean connery the bourbon is jim beam and it has a little plug for the movie at the bottom of this first poster that i'm looking up looking at and it says see sean connery and you only live twice he looks very bondish inside of this wearing a suit jacket a yellow shirt that's on button no tie and he has a turtleneck underneath that And there is one more You Only Live Twice poster that's a little bit different from the previous one. It almost looks like Christmas. He's holding up a tumbler again with ice inside of it. And to the right of that, it has just a bottle of Jim Beam. But as you can see behind Sir Sean Connery, he has like a Christmas wreath behind him. And it has like, you know, it's kind of out of focus, the, the depth of field. It got the bokeh balls on the Christmas wreath lit up. But you can clearly tell that it's a Christmas wreath. So it's holiday time. The Jim Beam bottle, uh, the, uh, the box that it comes in looks very Christmas-like with wreaths on it and lots of green and red on it. Connery inside of this poster is wearing a black suit jacket and a, a red shirt with no tie. Looks very dandy in all of these. And there is another movie that was promoted. In 1966, this Warner Brothers movie, they got a quick plug as well. James Bond, hold, <laughs> James Bond, Sean Connery holding up a tumbler glass inside of this one full of ice. And he got the Jim Beam bottle behind him. And it says, see Sean Connery in the new Warner Brothers film, A Fine Madness. Uh, but that was the first time that he's promoted a whiskey was, was for the Americas. Let's go ahead and close this one out. The second time that he's promoted a whiskey, Sean Connery, that is, was for Suntory. Some websites say that this advertising began in 1991, but I believe it from 92 actually he's done two commercials for Suntory Crest and if you were to take a look at my YouTube website my YouTube page uh, Gentleman's Club Whiskey you could find both of these commercials on there let me click on one of them real quick I don't know what year this Suntory Crest Whiskey is I think it's aged whiskey but I'm not too sure about that yeah, so I have it written down inside of my description. I'm not going to watch the video now. But it says 
Age 12 years whiskey. Suntory, I believe, no longer makes Crest brand whiskey anymore, but in Japan, you can still find it on um, some auction websites. And I don't want to say it's readily available, but it's easy to get. And I should get it at some point in time just so that I could talk about it. Just mainly for the fact that Sean Connery has drank it. And me, myself, I'm trying to taste as many distinctive, unique Japanese whiskeys as possible. And this is one of the ones that I have not had yet. So I do definitely need to get on this and drink that. So he's done two of these commercials for Suntory. Let's say circa 1992 because they could have been 1991, but I believe it was 92. And the final time that he's had a whiskey. See, I'm already losing stuff here. I had just had so many links open. Okay, here we go. This is the final article on Sean Connery. This one is from January 22nd, 2004. And it, the title of this is called Shurson, Shurson, Sean, so tongue-tied. Sir Sean swaps his martini for scotch. And this is from a newspaper called The Scotsman. But I'm looking at it on scotsman.com. News you can trust since, 19, since 1817. Sir Sean Connery does $1 million deal to promote Duar's whiskey, his first campaign for Scottish whiskey, but the caveat, it won't be shown in the UK. Advert uses images of a young Sean Connery in the Hitchcock film Marnie and current footage of the 73-year-old. The key quote in this commercial says, it took a lot of chasing and a lot of hard negotiations. We are delighted it is the first Scotch whiskey he has ever promoted, Neil Boyd of Duars. No, sorry, I said that was a quote from a commercial. It wasn't, just, just from uh, Duars. But there is an actual uh, television commercial for this, and I did take a look at it. It is rather, rather charming. It has an, an older Bond meeting... <laughs> Why do I keep referencing this guy as Bond? It has a older Connery meeting his younger self and giving himself uh, this whiskey to drink. And the promotion is for Duar's 12-year-old, which will not run in the UK, but will instead focus on the emerging markets of Lebanon, Greece, Mexico, Venezuela, Russia, Thailand, Puerto Rico, and the Dominican Republic. The interesting thing about this is that when you think of whiskeys, you really only think of the five primary markets, which is America, Canada, Ireland, Scotland, and Japan. It's rather refreshing to see that they're marketing this towards the markets that Nobody really thinks about when you think of whiskey, but whiskey's a world drink that's enjoyed all over the world. So let these guys enjoy it. Let's market something towards them. Yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? I'm I'm happy for these guys. 
And it says television and cinema commercials with subtitles will run alongside poster advertising with a strap line. Some age, others mature. And the campaign will run until March 2006. So this article came out in 2004. So that's about a two-year run that they acquired Mr. Sean Connery for to promote this brand. I've seen the Duars 12 years just the other day. I went inside the supermarket, saw it sitting on the shelf. I might have to try this one at some point as well. Never had it before. It looks like a good scotch whiskey. Yeah, when I when I saw this this commercial between him and his younger self, uh, the old Sean, he heads for the door and he looks at the camera and he says, some age, others mature. And I thought it was rather charming. I, I chuckled a little bit at the end of that. Yeah, there you have it. I think I touched on everything that I needed to. What is this? This is another website I'm looking at called Flemingsbond.com, and the category is called Whiskey. And it's talking about James Bond and whiskey. I don't think I'm going to speak anymore. I'll try to leave as many of these links as I can down inside the description, whether you're looking at this on YouTube or you're listening to it on Spotify or what is it? iTunes. I'll try to leave as many links down to these websites that I reference throughout today's episode so that you guys can look at it and read it on your own time at your own pace and enjoy it. Because I was just taking out bits and pieces from each one, just talking about the highlights just to give you guys the tidbits and so you won't be alone in the dark on this topic of Sean Connery and James Bond and Ian Fleming enjoying whiskey. But probably Bond's number one drink. And I'll have a sip to that. Mmm. This Hakushu, one of my favorites. Uh, it's just the bottle that I had sitting on my desk, so it's the one that I open just to enjoy right now. But I wish I... This is from Suntory, but I wish I had the other Suntory, the uh, Crest 12 years old, to enjoy. That would have been a nice correlation with this episode, but unfortunately, I can't. So I ain't. Anyways, gentlemen, I think I've rambled long enough. Time to close out this episode. Salute to you wherever you may be out in the world, gentlemen. Make sure that you drink responsibly. And as always, you guys know what to do. Keep it classy. And I'll see you guys again in the next one.